the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yesterday, we were focusing in on what a spirit-filled life looks like. So here's the next question. What does a spirit-filled church look like? Let's tackle that one next, shall we? Here on Truth For Today. Our series is entitled, This Is Your God. And today we focus on the Holy Spirit and the mark of a Spirit-filled church. And we'll do so over the next few weeks as we take a look at what a church looks like when it operates, lives in, and is surrendered and submitted to the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Please join us. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The church is the people of God's name. One church is in vain to find the New Testament saints saying they are going to church or look at that church in reference to a building. Church is a term meaning a people who have been saved and given new life through the Holy Spirit and are to function as God's people and for his divine purposes. We become a people of God, a sacred community, wherever the saints are, And that's one of the favorite names of us people in the New Testament. You don't die to be canonized out of Rome as a saint. You're a saint the moment you believe in Jesus. You're set apart for divine use. Uh, Three things we're going to be looking at uh, is we're going to look at what the Spirit fell live and what it looks like in its corporate dynamic. And uh, I don't know, do we have a circle there, Marjorie, if we can show them that? It's just so simple that um, uh, everything is so individualistic when we talk about the Christian life. I'm just going to show a circle as the church itself. Uh, Yeah, the people of God. And when you talk about spirituality with people, they always go to individuality. Because we're all into me, I. But did you know that the majority, it seems, are a good, I would say the majority of passages in the New Testament that deal with spirit filling, the only way we can know it about you is in a corporate setting or in corporate relationship. Not how you 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 go around, I'm very spiritual. Has anyone else accused you of that? (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter what the others think. It does. Because spirituality is very relational. Not only to the spirit, but to the people of God around you. we got some folks that never belong to local churches. They're too spiritual. They're too unbiblical. They won't submit to anybody. I've met them. I know them. When you really are under the Spirit's control, you get involved in this circle called the people of God. You want to be with the people of God. It's moved, David, when you said, I'm learning to love people. Let me tell you, uh, you're going to wash out of the ministry knowing Greek and Hebrew until you learn to love God's people. And there's some folks that have got more answers than anybody wants to know about because they don't like people. And nobody's looking them up. 
People will know if you love them. And we've been called to love one another in community. And so we're going to begin the journey tonight on the marks of the Spirit in the corporate life of the church. And the next two weeks, we'll pick up these other characteristics. Um, God is not just saving individuals and preparing them for heaven. Rather, he's creating a people for his name among whom God can dwell and who in their life together will reproduce God's life and character. The Holy Spirit forms a believing community. How did you get in the church? For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. We were regenerated through the means of the spirit, Titus 3, 5. You've been regenerated through the washing of renewing by the Holy Spirit. Your life in God began with this third person of the Trinity. The Son bought it at the cross, but the Holy Spirit is applying it, making it real to you, and putting you in a divine connection to the body of Christ. And so the Spirit, very, very active in birthing you, born of the Spirit, regenerated, baptized, or immersed into the body of Christ, convicted by the Spirit, Oh, this is like a, a divine midwife overseeing the whole process for you, just bringing you to Jesus Christ. And then the moment you got saved, he immerses you into Jesus Christ. And just always remember 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and 13. You became a living member of a new family when you became born again. The church is a family. That's the first point I want you to get. We are a family. Uh, did you, you know one of the main things the Spirit produces in us? He, according to Galatians 4 and Romans 8, one place the Spirit is crying, Abba, Father. Other places we're crying. And that was the language Christ used of his Father in Gethsemane. It was the language of intimate relationship. And guess what? Christ was showing us how intimate it would be to be in a divine family. Hear me well now. Hear me. You as a born-again believer are in a divine family. God is your father. Now, what I think is a tragedy is that some people will never break in their identity with a father from their earthly beginning and never start relating to a new father in the new family. You see, you grew up with all kinds of dysfunction in your earthly family. Your family had certain rituals, routines, ways of settling conflict, ways of dealing with all the intimate issues of life, from sex to money to whatever. And a lot of times you find in the epistles, Paul is saying, put off, your former way of functioning on the earth and start learning to function as you find yourself in a new family. Because this father is not abusive. This father is not a drunk. This father will never hurt you. This father is faithful. And, you know, you hear some people say, I can't even call God father because of my earthly father. Uh, that, that, that is never justified in Scripture. No, it's a brand new family You've got the father that we all, none of us could have invented a father better than the one we got 
through Jesus Christ. So the Spirit puts you in this family. Uh, the church, as we looked, is a divine temple. Uh, and so God calls us to be separated from that which would defile us. You find, look at the passage in 2 Corinthians. We always tell young people this verse before they get married. You know. One thing discouraging to me as a pastor, I've never talked anyone out of getting married. I never have. I had another pastor of mine says, why do you do so much, so much premarital counseling? They don't listen to it anyway. And I said, well, you're right. But it looks good. They said I ought to do it, so I did. So I passed all the pastor's questions. Do you prepare your young people? Yeah. Do they do what you say? No. Do you train? I don't know. I wouldn't call that a trained person, but I do give them the info. Having said that, let's move on. Verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Don't marry an unbeliever. Isn't that where we go? Watch what he's saying. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? That is in a yoke, yoked agreement. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Powerful, powerful passage, isn't it? Therefore, if we are God's people and we are his temple, why does he want the temple to act? Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Who's the them? Idolaters. Idol worshipers. The unrighteous. The children of Belial. Don't be in an unequal yoke that leads you to the temple or to unrighteous behavior because God wants his temples to be set apart. Watch. Touch no unclean thing and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Then he says, since we have these promises that God will be intimate with us, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. As God's holy temple, he wants you set apart, unsoiled, unblemished, he wants that in your personal life, and it is the overwhelming uh, responsibility of the elders of this church is trying to protect the purity of this church. We don't want to be in unequal yokes. We don't want to be in anything that God's not into, lest he judges us, because we really want his blessing. I'm always scared to death I won't do it his way, and I, I tell him all the time, Lord, I want to do it your way. It's your church. We want to have church according to your will. And sometimes we hear something going on and sin over here and there. And uh, we have to deal with it. Uh, but it's one of our goals because we want the blessing of God. I'll treat you as sons. You'll have intimate fellowship with me. You really are a temple. So when you think of the local church, think of uh, whatever I do in that local church, I'm doing in the family of God. I'm doing in one of the sacred dwellings of God. And temple language would be strong in the Jewish mind. They, well, that's where the presence of God is. 
And then the church is Christ's body. And I think we uh, know that. It's a body composed of Jew and Gentile. Ethnicity doesn't matter in the body of Christ. Gender doesn't matter in the body of Christ. Social, economical status doesn't matter. We're the people of God, regardless of our ethnic background. As long as we've come through Jesus Christ, we're formed into one people of God, Christ's body. Now, let us look at what the Holy Spirit says this community ought to look like, okay? What, if we're a sacred community of God, what should the community be characterized by? And very familiar passages, but I want you to see it in the corporate context. Ephesians 5. Now, we all run there usually to straighten out one of the marriage partners, wife or husband. So we've, we've got it memorized. But what you want to notice here, back in verse 15, he's telling them to live right, to know the will of God. Uh, and then he starts in that great and that famous passage on spirit filling. Uh, let me kind of read. Stop getting drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, uh, disintegrating behavior. Drunkenness will lead to all kinds of bad stuff. Instead, I'm commanding you to be continually getting yourselves under the control of the Spirit. So it's obviously a command you can obey. It's a command. I'm commanding you, get yourselves continually under the control or the influence of the Spirit. The word fill means to control. He was filled with sorrow. If you're filled with sorrow, the sorrow controls you. So in that sense, don't be controlled by wine, a substance, but be getting yourself under the control of a divine person. Let the Holy Spirit control what you do. Now you might say, and what will he make me do? What is his agenda? And this is what he goes on. In the Greek, it's this way. Check it out. He uses participles. And many times what they did in Greek language, even as English, if they give you a, a command with a uh, strong noun and a strong verb, the qualifiers are participles. So it says, be filled with the Spirit. Now participles are going to define what filling looks like. Now watch this. And they're you plurals. He's talking to the whole church at Ephesus. He's not talking to Brother Jones. You, Brother Jones, this is for you. No, you, plural, the church. You know what? To be in a church where only one person is spirit-controlled is a good place to get killed. I transfer membership quick. It's unsafe. I know a pastor, he said he took a church, and he said uh, he just asked the deacons if they'd check in their switchblades at the door. They were devouring one another in spats. I know another pastor, he said he called his board the carnal corral. And, and he, he just went to the meetings and he said, please fire me so God can judge you. I came here in the will of God and you're fighting me night and day. And he said, I don't want to be here. I've left all my stuff in my bags and I, I've got my, all my stuff in boxes in the garage. And I've been there for six months because I'm hoping you fire me. This is a miserable church. And after a while, in his leadership conference, by the way, he took that church from 100 to about 3,500. But you know what he did? He quit going to the carnal corral, 
They said, I started my own corral called where people get saved, where people pray, where people get in the word. He said, I don't have any time for the carnal corral. I'm not out here to fuss with all the disgruntled. I'm here to win people for Christ and teach you how to live for Christ. And God started a church through him. Uh, so he's saying now, this is what he wants him to do. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, and it goes this way. Fill with the Spirit. How will you know it? You'll be speaking to one another with psalms. There's 150 of them. Hymns. Best I come up with is hymns are about him. They're not about me. They're about him. Will that help you? You know, I, I, we grew up with a lot of experiential songs, and some of them are okay. And, you know, if anyone makes it, Lord, surely I will. That's a little obnoxious. Uh, that moving solo. Uh, but when you sing about him, you don't miss. And that's where I'm critical of all of our music. I want to be sure there's something in there about him. I get tired of singing about us. I get depressed. Lord, you know I really love you, but I've sinned 90 times this week. Do you? Let's talk about someone that hadn't sinned all week. Let's talk about him. And spiritual songs. Songs the Holy Spirit produces. I was working on one last night, but I haven't got it developed enough to sing it yet. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. <laughs> it's all right. I kind of felt bad when I was doing it today. Deborah said, you're trying to write something. I said, does it sound that different? That's all right. Have you ever been in the car and you just did spiritual songs? Your car is a good place to write your own stuff. Nobody's there. It's all right. The Spirit will produce songs in you. And he says these songs ought to be interactive in the body. That we're psalming to one another. We're singing to one another. You folks sing to one another. This church, thank God, for 29 years has been known for singing. Dr. Tom Younger said, I dread seeing you move in this building. Because he came when we were in the hall. He said, you're going to lose all your music. You're going to lose all your sound. I said, well, boy, buildings is what's producing it. Something's wrong. He said, I just don't want you to lose. No, no place I go do they sing like you folks. And I said, well, it's a lousy acoustical building, but we still sing. Singing, singing, it's a mark of the Spirit. I'm hard on non-singers, not talent. We know some of you have none. (laughs) And we're not, we don't want you on the worship team. We love you. You can't get up here. We we know you want to serve Jesus, but the nursery needs help. (laughs) And children don't care. You got to carry a tune. I mean, it's not enough to be, I'm going to do it for Jesus. Well, don't do something that makes us lose 50 families for Jesus. We want somebody that can carry a tune. Someone asked that guy, what did he do with that money? He said, what money? He said, the money for voice lessons. He said, well, I spend it on something else. But notice that. Now, now, wait, wait, wait. Hear this. Is he speaking to the worship team in verse 19 or to the church? You ought to be full of singing. You know how you can get full of it? It's quit listening to everything. Learn some stuff. I don't care. Last night I saw a Gaither thing, and they had Hobie Lister sing. And I thought, well, what's he going to sing? He used to be powerful. Man, he started out with um, the old rugged cross. I thought, man, did he get current? Oh, no, no, no. Whole crowd was moved. Eh. 
And I get so tired of this, is it old or new? <laughs> Where do you find that old or new? Is it right? Is it good? Does it bless me? I don't have to be a hip hopper. I'm not. I grew up on rockabilly, brother. The real rock sound at church. I don't have to sing like the teenagers. I got to sing something I could sing to Jesus. You got to do it. And the whole church is supposed to be doing this. Isn't that something? Come in here and say, man, go to a place tonight where you'll be hearing psalms sung, hymns sung, spiritual song. You're going to be inundated with singing. And they didn't even have synthesizers. No PowerPoint. Watch this. Uh, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Now, see, he's moved from external to what you ought to be doing in your heart. I've never seen too many grumblers who are singing privately. Singing in your heart. How does that work? You tell me. I think it's singing in your heart. You got a song going on in you. You don't have a gripe and a complaint and a this and a... No, I got a song. Do you have a song or have you lost your song? David said in Psalms 51, Restore to me the joy that I lost when I sinned. Sin has robbed many of us of our song. We don't sing. But a church that's being controlled by the Spirit is a singing church. It's nothing about talent. They were meeting in homes where 25 to 30 people met. There were no choirs. We didn't get choirs till 300 A.D. Everybody in the church sang. The choir was the church. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want ever what goes on the platform to replace our voices. I want them to lead us to sing. I don't want anyone doing my singing for me. I want to sing. You might sing better, but you can't sing my song. You've got to give the people of God a song. That's what the Spirit produces. Now watch what else he does. Always giving thanks. It's a part, thanking God always. You've got to be kidding. No. Thanking God for everything. Does that include in-laws? Does that, what all does that include? You've got to be kidding. I am kidding because you can't do that without the Spirit's control. We're gripers by nature. We're complainers by nature. I know a Spirit-filled church. When you go in it, you don't hear all the complaints on the first 10 rows trying to get a seat. It's not full of complaining. It's singing, psalming, giving thanks, And then your favorite word, he says to the whole church, everybody is submitting one to another. There's no diatrophies there trying to get the preeminence. Everybody loves to submit to one another. See that verse 21? And that doesn't even have a woman's name on it. Submitting to one another. The women will learn to submit better if they could see it modeled by all of us. The best place in the world for a woman to learn submission is to see a submissive body. We are not rivals, competitors, and outdoing one another. You see what he's saying? Now, that's what that looks like. Now, let's go to Colossians. Over the book of Colossians. Now, now those are marks of spirit filling. A lot of people don't like those marks. I don't know why. 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, and this is a corporate admonition, Clothe yourselves with 
compassion. Has anyone ever said, ooh, I like your outfit? Would you love for someone to come and say, ooh, I love your attitude? This is the attitudes from the inside out. He wants us to have kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. So stop by truthfortodayradio.org or simply give us a call. 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. Please bear in mind as you contact us that this is a listener-supported ministry. As you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. Prayerfully consider how you might get involved in the ministry of Truth For Today, won't you? 855 833-9864 or write to us. Our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue Suite 278 Hercules, California The zip code is 94547 And that website once again truthfortodayradio.org It is a pleasure spending time with you in God's Word. We trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 